The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. It's a road show. Hale Varsity is here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. We do this home football Thursdays as you're invited out. Uh, doors are open here at the Single Barrel. You've heard about it. Maybe you've tried it or you just want to come back. Great food and drink specials. The steak is undeniably unbeatable. It is that good. It is that thick. It is that juicy. Listen, uh, save your grill a workout. Save yourself a workout. Get down here. Get some appetizers. They're Elijah Herbal approved. And get a big old slab of steak. If you're a pork chop fan, they have the bone-in pork chop for you. And uh, they have moved us. And it's more a me issue than than our friends here at the Single Barrel. They, they played with fire for too many years. We've been here about four or five years. We were right next to the... Well, to, to the whiskey bin. <laughs> so they have moved this away from where the, the whiskey is kept. We can order a whiskey. We, we may do that. In fact, there's 200 to choose from. Uh, whiskey bourbon, they've got plenty of beer on tap. And if you can't get down tonight, you are absolutely invited down Saturday at Nebraska, Louisiana Tech. Noon to 2 is when we're on air here with Hale Varsity Saturday pregame. Numbers to dial up and get involved today at 489-1240, 489-1240. Also across the state, 800-825-5865. And uh, Tyson is already in the inbox here on the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Please, for the love of God, stop talking about Dion in Colorado. Well, Tyson, around 5 o'clock, Gary Barnett's going to be with us. You have the option to tune out. Or you can listen, uh, and we'll also get into some Nebraska football uh, because Coach Barnett's had to deal with an injured quarterback and a healthy quarterback, and who the hell you start the following Saturday. So uh, we'll dive into that. We'll get into Nebraska. We'll hear from Coach Rule. Can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Can also watch us not only on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, but also the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. Pretty exciting. Like the unknown is something that gives fans some hope and also some fear. And Elijah, it's nothing's uh, set in stone. Nothing's going to be taken for granted either by this Nebraska football team or Coach Rule with uh, Sonny Cumbie and Louisiana Tech coming in. Quite frankly, it's it's tune-up time and keep getting better. And let's just see where you're at by, well, by week five for Michigan. Get out healthy, flex your muscles, run the ball, run the ball again, complete a pass or two, avoid getting your car hailed on, and uh, repeat, rinse, go back to work next week, and let's see where this program's at measuring stick-wise with the number two team in the country. First things first, though, handle your business Saturday. Nebraska's in the process of that by deciding who's going to start at quarterback 
and, and who will play. Are you that – do you care? Let me ask it that way. Do you absolutely give a damn who starts at quarterback? I'm more concerned with they that, that all three get in, and I don't want to beat this horse too often or too much today, along with Dion and Boulder, but just – Find me somebody that can complete a pass, uh, run the football, and hold on to the football. I don't care who it is. And I think more of that is going to emerge Saturday with yeah. more live reps within a ball game. And that's the point. In a, in a tune-up game like this, and Matt Rule in the depressor today made sure to make it clear he and no one within this team is going to call this a tune-up game. Their, their concern, first and foremost, is to get the win. Their, their concern is not to get tuned up for Michigan. He made that abundantly clear. But we, from the outside looking in, will call a spade a spade. You pay Louisiana Tech all this money to come to Lincoln and, and get beat, essentially. You want to beat them in a way that you don't have to worry about it. You can uh, work on some things that you need to get ironed out by Michigan. Obviously, whenever you're one and two, you're below 500. Uh, you're not going to get up in front of the media and say, ah, yeah, we, yeah, we just want to go roll over Louisiana Tech and make sure that we get some backups in the football game. You don't want to say that. It hasn't been one of those years where you'd feel comfortable saying that. But I'm kind of with you on it, Schmitty, with the, with the quarterback discussion. It's it's harsh, and it's it's probably not right to say, I don't care who starts at quarterback on Saturday, because I, I do care. I'm, I'm curious to see who that is. But the better way to put it is, I trust Matt Rule's decision-making in that process that whichever guy gets to start on Saturday will deserve that start. Matt Rule has an element of respect that is needed within the team there. The team knows who should be starting this football game on Saturday. And, I mean, I feel like Matt Rule probably knows right now who, who needs to be starting this football game on Saturday as well. I trust that Matt Rule will make the correct decision there. But I also trust, as the game plays out on Saturday... Nebraska will find their guy moving forward, the guy that they trust more to run this offense because of the things I just laid out. This is a tune-up game. This is a chance for you to get things right before Michigan. That is where what I care much more about is that Nebraska finds a guy by the end of the game, by 6 o'clock on Saturday, that can be your guy moving forward. If you start out with Jeff Sims and he goes out and has a flawless performance, doesn't turn the ball over, couple of touchdowns, leads the offense up and down the field. I'll feel good by the end of that game and saying, you know what? Jeff Sims should be the guy against Minnesota, Minnesota, or excuse me, Michigan. But looking back at Minnesota and looking back at Colorado, knowing that you might have to have a short leash on a guy like that showing you what he is. But if he goes out and has a good performance, I, I think you can be confident in the fact that, that you have a guy moving forward that has at least made some strides from what he was in the beginning of the year. And if he shows later in the season that he's not, you feel good about putting Heinrich Harburg in. On the flip side, if Jeff Sims isn't what you expect whenever he goes out and starts on Saturday, which that's the way I'm leaning right now, that Sims is going to be your starter, that you can come back at the end of that game, put Heinrich Harburg in that game, see if he's able to run the offense more effectively. And if he does, that's going to be your guy moving forward. It's as simple as that. Uh, with the quarterback discussion, I'm a little, I shouldn't say I'm a little tired of talking about it. It's just one of those issues that, you know what, I think we're going to have a much better idea about who the guy is moving forward by the end of the game on Saturday. And we might be wasting our breath here a little bit to keep going back and forth on, is it Harburg or is it Sims? We're going to have a much better idea by the end of the game on Saturday. Here's the reality. The, the quarterback discussion that was going to be uh, never-ending all week, and it's still important, is, is now off to the side a little bit because your, your running backs are, are the situation you're concerned with because this offense is going to go not based on your quarterback play, either what you've seen or what you, you you don't know about Harburg because he's so young, but it's going to go based on how your offensive line performs and what your running game can do because that is your 
your focal point. So we'll get to some emails. We'll get to some of your comments. And uh, do appreciate everyone jumping into the stream and uh, making comments. We'll get there in a moment. Brandon Vogel from Counter Read is going to join us in about 10 minutes. Plenty of room for you this first hour. In hour two, Gary Barnett, as mentioned, going to join us from Colorado. And also longtime Nebraska assistant coach George Darlington. He's been doing football facts for 40 years. Uh, St. George is uh, all over Nebraska football. He's he's seen a lot of ball games where you've had to put uh, some backups in uh, at quarterback. They've they've won some ball games back in the day with backup quarterbacks. The difference is uh, your third team or second team quarterback had an All American offensive line or an All American running back or sometimes both to. Uh, to carry the load and Nebraska right now at this point in time, a far cry from that. So here's what I believe. Uh, we got to talk about the right plan moving forward for Nebraska on offense. And it's, it's, it's different, Elijah. It's different from spring where you had uh, Garcia Castaneda, you had bets and you also had a Borkature and you had three running backs, okay? Two that have seen a lot of snaps for you a season ago. That's changed. That changed by week one. That's definitely changed here by going into week four. And you've got to know this as detailed as Matt Rule is. Matt Rule has honestly looked at his offense. He looked at the offense week one against Minnesota. He looked at the offense again against Colorado. And then he looked at the offense last week with the game plan with Marcus Satterfield. And they put together what they thought could help complement the defense. And, and you saw more of that last week. And what you have now is further exploration into, okay, what – being real honest, what are the limitations of this offense? What will the offense do well? What can the offense do well? What's the personnel Nebraska has? And that's what's going to go forward. I really found it interesting, and we'll hear from Rule in a minute, that he talked if he had a, a choice, and this was on the, the, the Matt Rule show with, with uh, Greg Sharp. If you had a choice, would you want a, a killer offense or a killer defense? He's like, give me the defense. So, Great, great call, because defenses win championships, right? Take a drink. I said it. Sorry. And if you have that in your heart or in your philosophy and your football blood, then you're going to have an offense that's going to what? It's going to be physical, that's going to take time off the clock, that's going to presumably take care of the football and help out your defense. That is the plan moving forward. If it's Harburg, uh, that is a plan moving forward. If it's Sims, and he said today, they're going to play who gives them the best chance to win the football game. Uh, ideally, you want a guy that has practiced and performed up to level and is, is a different and new and more cautious performer in Sims. You can't be tight and second-guess yourself. you got to go play free, but you also got to play smart. you got to play uh, within the offense, not try and do too much. And, and be careless with the football. Is, is that something that has, is going to change? I think there's probably, if I'm Sims, I've had a, a focused week of practice where, all right, I, I'm trying to read defenses better. 
I'm trying to hold on to the football for sure, and I'm trying to use my athleticism to help move the move the football and, and run this offense. The message has had to have been sent by Satterfield and by Rule, whether he's number two on the depth chart or number one on the depth chart to Sims. You can't screw up anymore, dude. You can't be absolutely careless with the football when there's points on the board in the red zone or even something as simple as a snap. You got to be a guy that's played four years of college football, four more years of high school football, and handle the responsibility. Harburg, what? He faced adversity, blindside sack, came back, and let him down to a touchdown drive. So that's that's how I look at it. The message has got to be out if I'm Matt Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield to Sims. Listen, dude, uh, you've got to be – abnormally perfect <laughs> to keep this job in Harburg dude good work there's some upside to you let's see what you can do and while there's been limitations with with Sims because of injury if there's been any sort of limitations because of injury uh, you still got to rock with Harburg and you may see that Saturday and one thing I want to amend from what you just said is I don't think that Jeff Sims needs to be abnormally perfect. That's one way to put it, and I see where you're coming from. But and, and I don't want this to sound BS is gonna BS is gonna happen. But 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 stuff that we've seen, it's, fumbled snaps, interceptions in the end zone. There's there's a zero tolerance. It, it's it's you're making the point. There. I think the better way to put it, though, without being disrespectful, is you need to play up to the level that is expected against a tune-up school, against Louisiana Tech. And, and that's going to come off as disrespectful Louisiana Tech because I know Matt Rule said it today, and, and I'll echo it. Louisiana Tech can sting you, but it's going to be one of those things where you have to shoot yourself in the foot a hell of a lot in order for Louisiana Tech to sting you. I think Nebraska has that much of a talent advantage. You need to play as perfect as should be expected whenever you're playing a school of Louisiana Tech's level. I think that's a, a better way to put it because – the Jeff Sims playing up to his level looks different against Michigan than it does against Louisiana Tech. I, I think that's why it, it needs to be quote-unquote abnormally perfect is because as a, a guy who started four years in college football, as you kind of laid out, you shouldn't be committing unforced errors against a school like Louisiana Tech. You should be driving the offense up and down the field. And, you know, weirdness happens in football. There's tip balls. Uh, there's there's sacks that happen like the Northern Illinois play. That's the perfect example of weirdness yeah. happens in football. Yeah, you have a, a right tackle in Ben Hart that either the protection wasn't set right or he took a false step. He lets a guy off the edge. That's abnormal weirdness. Where if that happens against Louisiana Tech, I think you say, okay, Jeff Sims, that's weirdness happening. It's whenever he stares down a receiver and throws into double or triple coverage as opposed to tucking it and running the football. Those are when the errors start happening where you say, all right, we need to see what Heiner Carberg has because this clearly isn't good enough. There's a different standard that's expected whenever you go play a school like Louisiana Tech and he's going to be held to a high standard, but it's not abnormally perfect moving forward, it's just you need to play up to the level that is expected of a Power 5 guy at a school like Nebraska against a school like Louisiana Tech. And I don't want that to be disrespectful to Louisiana Tech, as disrespectful as that sounds. Well, we'll get into to marrying uh, the offense, the game plan with what your quarterbacks and running backs can do and what you have. And, and Randy Pappas says, absolutely. Uh, here, here's the game plan. You line up. You go heavy, you go double tight, you bring in a fullback, and you make them stop you. <laughs> and, and, and you mix in some quarterback run. They don't have the football. 
You beat the hell out of their quarterback or their backup quarterback. You get a couple of turnovers, and it's 28 nothing, and it's cocktail time. So uh, away we go. It sounds very, very simple. Speaking of cocktails, uh, they have a selection for you down here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Thursday for Hale Varsity as we're down here four to six. Come get yourself a steak and uh, a uh, bourbon. You will not be disappointed. Brandon Vogel coming up. Gary Barnett, George Darlington, Hale Varsity on the road as uh, we are here at the Single Barrel. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. You know, I'm just smiling, rereading through uh, Brandon Vogel's latest story from Counter Read on the Louisiana Tech Nebraska preview. Find Brandon Vogel with counterread.com. Follow Vogues on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. We welcome in Mr. Brandon Vogel. You can watch him in his glorious football office, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at H Varsity Radio. We're here at the single barrel where Vogues and I have dreamed of, well, seeing who can take down an old 96er each of us uh vogues how we doing uh good to see you again thanks for jumping on and talking some ball what's going on i'm doing pretty well thanks for having me on again um not a whole lot going on uh put out that as you mentioned louisiana tech preview today on on counterread.com that's it's a newsletter that's for subscribers only each thursday we'll we'll do a big game preview uh, but you can try it out seven day free trial and then tomorrow uh with a with a free post that's out there for everybody uh we'll we'll take a look at the uh the lines on big 10 games and, and make some picks um so that's been pretty fun to do i i love it and we can keep with that that free trial uh, it's been a seven-day trial for Jeff Sims to get off the mat. It's been a seven-day trial for hein- Heinrich Harburg to, you know, keep impressing. And what's your take? Do you care who's behind center for Nebraska? Does it should it matter tomorrow uh, on on Saturday? Maybe not so much on Saturday. Um, I mean, <clears throat> Nebraska is about a twenty-point favorite in this game. Um, It'll be the biggest, the biggest line easily, I think, uh, of, of the entire season for Nebraska, uh, unless, you know, we get to we get to Iowa and they've all of a sudden won, you know, uh, eight straight or something like that. Uh, so and with the, the potential for some weather, um, I think if Sims isn't quite 100 percent, which is kind of what Matt Rule alluded to today. Probably could be good enough to go, but may not be 100%, which you're just not going to be with a with a high ankle sprain in over the course of, of two weeks. Um, maybe that pushes you towards Harburg a little bit. I mean, if it's if it's rainy and wet out there, um, you know, it, it plays towards Nebraska's approach in this game much more than Louisiana Tech's. So I think you could you could get by um, with with either guy. Beyond that, conference play starts. Michigan Michigan comes to Lincoln uh the following saturday and you're going to need a quarterback who who's ready and able to make some tough throws i mean i think that's really going to be the central question for nebraska as it moves into conference play uh, but you don't have to worry about that as much this week yeah brandon with with michigan looming i guess the best way to put this and and we brought it up on our post game show on saturday as well that that this tune-up game and 
and Matt Rule didn't really want to call it a tune-up game, but we'll, we'll let that slide. This tune-up <laughs> game here, are, are you tuning up for Michigan, or is that one of those games that's a, a little bit unwinnable, so hard to say in college football because it's any given Saturday, you know, but one of those games that you're less worried about the result than you would be in other games the Big Ten, considering they're not in your division and considering they're one of the top teams in the country. This tune-up is more for what's down the road as opposed to Michigan, or, or is that not Matt Rule style? <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, all coaches are going to say, and I think all of them do like try to come up with the best way to win, win that a game that's, that's directly in front of them. Um, for Nebraska in a year one, I think no matter if the next opponent was Michigan after, after this Saturday, or if it was, you know, the Northwestern game, um, like the goal for Nebraska is to be better than it was the week before. Um, it, it really is, and, you know, it all sounds like coach cliche or coach speak, but I, I think it really is the case for Nebraska where this is just like incrementally, like get a little bit better each time out. Um, Michigan offers, offers an opportunity to show that probably better than, than a lot of other opponents, but it's, you know, I, I wrote a little bit about it today. Like, is Nebraska going to be above 500 at, at any point this season, you know, they're one and two right now means that no matter what happens, they've got to win at least two games in a row. And like their second best chance to get above 500 this year is, is to beat Louisiana tech and and beat Michigan. And they're like opposite sides of the coin. FPI makes Nebraska, I think 84% win probability against Louisiana tech. And it's about 15% against Michigan. So the shoe will be, will be on the other foot, at least uh, based on what we think about these teams right now. Brandon Vogel's with us, counterread.com, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Uh, Nebraska needs to kind of marry what they have uh, on offense, personnel-wise, with what the guys can do. And let's talk a little bit how that looks. We know there's a lot of deficiencies with Sonny's squad, but Nebraska isn't I don't know how confident Nebraska fans are right now in, you know, finding what what does Nebraska do well on offense. Statistically, they run the ball well, but that's been more quarterback-centric. And let's take a look at Saturday and, and how – do you treat Saturday as, as an experiment or is it more of a just a mandate to the line and to, to Anthony Grant? Doesn't you know? Let's take the quarterbacks out of it and just say, "All right, dude, it's it's on the line. It's on the fullback. It's on the running back for for you guys to to go get it done for you five, six, seven of the eleven to make to go make it happen." Yeah, I think it. I think this game is more like Nebraska has shown. Um, well, it might be about the only thing we can say for certain about the offense at this point is you know whether it's Sims or Harburg. Um, and granted, Harvard, you know, has played one game against Northern Illinois. Um, you've got some, you've got something in terms of QB run. Now it comes with the standard disclaimer of how, how much do you want to use it? How much can you use it before you, the, the injury risk becomes, becomes too great. So if they can figure out and, you know, the running back room obviously significantly changed this week with, with two injuries to you, to your top two on the depth chart there. So you can still feel good about Anthony Grant. He did almost rush for a thousand yards last year. Um, but you're going to need somebody to step up beyond that. And I, I think, you know, I'll be interested to get a longer look at Emmett Johnson. Um, 
I think you were smart to, to mention the fullback in there. I think some of those carries that would have been Irvin or Johnson, Ramir Johnson, um, end up going to, to a fullback, which we haven't seen a ton of so far. So it is kind of a, I think, grinded out game. Um, and, you know, with the, the spread at 20, like that number surprises me a little bit. Most of the power rankings wouldn't have Nebraska as, as that big of a favorite. Um, so it might just be a little bit of a, a slog for Nebraska offensively. I mean, that's kind of been what we've seen. The big difference in this game, though, is, um, you know, Northern Illinois plays a pretty Big Ten brand of football. Louisiana Tech, uh, with what you'd expect from a former Texas Tech quarterback as the head coach, uh, is, is more explosive. Um, they've had a gain of 50-plus yards at their last five games dating back to last season they rank i think in the top 10 and like the really long plays like 40 plus 50 plus 60 plus that's the danger here they've, they've got some skill position talent um when you flip it around and think about it from nebraska uh from a defensive perspective yeah Brian, whenever you, you talk about that louisiana tech offense i think part of the reason why nebraska is a, a 20 point favorite is because of the defense and how they've played early in the year. How do you think Nebraska's defense matches up with Louisiana Tech? And do you worry Nebraska's defense has been overvalued through the first three weeks of the season? No, I don't think they've been overvalued because they haven't been all that splashy. I mean, the sack numbers are are up there, obviously. Um, You consider that splash, but it hasn't been high, high takeaways. Like that's not how the defense is doing this. They're doing it in kind of a, what we've come to expect from a lot of big 10 teams we've seen Nebraska play over the years. Like they just tackle well, they get hats to the ball. Um, there's just, they, they, they seem to be in the right spot. Um, which, you know, if we think back to where we were at a month ago, before any of these games had kicked off, that's not a given under, under a new, new defense coordinator and a new scheme. So, um, I'm, I'm buying Nebraska's defense in terms of what they've shown so far, uh, haven't faced, you know, well, Colorado offensively um, is certainly, it's going to be one of the top offenses in the country. I think at the end of the year, Minnesota, Northern Illinois, not so much. Um, so yeah, you can, you can consider that I think, and and maybe just file that away for later, maybe next week, <laughs> as soon as that, because Michigan's capable of putting up a ton of points too. Um, but I think matching up with, with Louisiana tech, um, their receiving group will will challenge you. They've they've gone through a ton of running backs. Their top rusher Willis, I think, is going to be out for this game. That's the way Cumbie made it sound earlier this week. But they've got a handful of other guys who who all have that kind of big playability. And then they get Smoke Harris the ball, the name you'll hear most often, uh, in a lot of creative ways. So uh, Nebraska just kind of needs to keep doing what it's what it's been doing: tackle well, be assignment sound, and they should be fine. But they just have Louisiana Tech has some kind of twitchy athletes that, you know, Northern Illinois didn't offensively. That might be the simplest way to put it. Did you ever have a buddy named Smoke growing up? No, I don't. I don't think I did, uh, unfortunately. Did you? I don't three or four. No, but there's about three or four guys we could have called Smoke. Okay. <laughs> Elijah? Uh, didn't didn't have anybody named Smoke and no one nicknamed Smoke, but I'm with you. There could have been a couple. Could have been a couple. 
Well, I just, I mean, it's it's an all-time cool nickname. Well, and there's there's a couple different college football players. You with with Cavazzi, if that's his real, if Colorado. that's his real name, that's even better. I, I, I just think this is a, a high percentage of guys in college football named Smoke with two of them: Cavazzi, Smoke, and Smoke Harris. So that's that's got to be some sort of college football season outlier. That many guys named Smoke. Maybe I need to dive into my history books a little bit, but. And well, and the other part of it is, you know, with, with that name, is the NCAA just randomly saying, "Hey, son, I need a sample." <laughs> Louisiana Tech also has wide receiver named True True Edwards, son of Troy Edwards, uh, who Nebraska fans probably remember. We we will bring that up to George Darlington in one hour. <laughs> see, how, see how he see how he reacts. Because uh, Coach uh, Darlington, he may rip off his uh, Hawaiian shirt and, and 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 try and corral me. But no, this should be a pretty uh, interesting ball game for Nebraska. Can they do what they're supposed to do, and that's run the football with the running back and whoever's at quarterback, and just not turn the football over? Uh, and it's it's really boring and as simple as that. But that is. That's the formula here, and that's the formula I think Rule and Satterfield have drilled down on. And if I'm putting my money down, I think you probably see Harbor get the nod. I, I thought Sims would be the guy, and I just don't think from a, from an injury standpoint, he's not, not that you won't see him, but I think uh, at this point, Harburg's probably been healthiest. Vogues, we will talk on Saturday, but thank you so much. Thank you. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio on the road here at the Single Barrel Home Football Weeks on Thursdays and then back again for pregame on Saturdays. Ninth and P is where we're at inside the Graduate Hotel. Elijah Herbal will join us on Saturday. I, I, I feel awful that I'm going to probably, uh, well, just have an incredible meal tonight and Elijah's stuck in studio and and that's just how it goes is he if you're watching the video feed the Hale Varsity YouTube channel he is staring a he's going Andy Pettit on oh. me right now staring a beam right through me you're being dramatic and uh, it's all right I, if it was she was on the other foot I'd be staring at you <laughs> giving you one of those good fellas stares when uh, Paulie got the life sentence. So, Nebraska, well, well, well just quickly here. Quickly here. What? 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 There's high school football on the airwaves of KF4 for our local Lincoln listeners tonight. I'll be running the board for that, assuming that high school football does not have any sort of weather delays tonight. And, and the simple fact of the matter is high school football is a glorious and important aspect of fall the best. in the state of Nebraska. And it's awesome. And if I'm going to be missing out on a meal because I get the privilege of covering high school football, that is a win in my book, and I'm not going to be disappointed by that. You enjoy your I nice lo- meal. I'll, I'll embrace the grind over here, Schmitty. Uh, yes, and you are all about it, man. That's impressive. Uh, TJ chimes in, loves the show. If the Sims, If the Sims should start, but if Sims plays bad, uh, too many mistakes. The backup should start for Michigan. Okay, I think I. You got the, you got the side for them. Yeah, you yeah, got right, the gist and, of it. So yeah, and I just if I'm a Nebraska fan, don't care who it is. Go play well. Go be dynamic. 
Use your legs. Don't get hurt. And, and make it happen. D-Man is in with uh, a wonderful philosophy. LaTeX sto- is, to- is just absolutely horrible at stopping the run. Why not throw Emmett Johnson in there to get his feet wet? Also keep Grant from uh, getting injured. Can't lose Grant, too. And, and you're right. I mean, Grant is your dude uh, with this offense, he is your he is your home run threat. He is your spark, Elijah. But you can't create a game plan fearing that you're going to lose players to injury with how you play the game of football. Whenever, anytime you step between those white lines on a football field, you are at risk of getting hurt, and you're going to hamstring your your own offense if your game plan coming into a game like this is we can't get Anthony Grant hurt. Injuries no, happen Anthony's in football. Get the ball 20, 25 times if need yes. be, right yes. and. That's how it's going to shake out. Just for the record, Cutter, Cutter said Schmitty's been smirking on camera the entire show today. Must be Jack and Cola behind that camera waiting. Uh, I have just been drinking water. But, Cutter, I love you. Thank you for sending a cheers our way. Uh, Ken is like, you're telling me there's a chance (laughs) with the point spread. I love it. Should we hear a little bit from Rule? We should. Uh, I've been blabbing too much. I know that's our job. But let's start off. What? what? Just the way you put that. I've been blabbing, but that is my job. So that's a, a great way so of putting it. <laughs> that, that's what it is. That, and and the, the, the marriage theme has been very real. Is it, is it a, a broken marriage? Is it a uh, marriage on the rocks? None of that. You just, you just don't know who, um, who's going to be at, at quarterback right now. Right. And that's that's all there is to it. But you've got two capable guys. Your job's to assess and manage if you're Satterfield and, and Coach Rule. And I think they will. It'll be all right. Two weeks from now, that that's your national barometer. Sims, his update uh, from Rule here. Where are things at with Mr. Sims this week? Just good. Yeah, just had a good week of practice. Moved around well, threw the ball really well. So, uh Coming off an injury like that, I can't say that he's, you know, maybe 100%, but he doesn't look, you don't notice that there's anything wrong with him as he plays. So that's short and sweet. Good week. You'll take that. And this is, this is the quote, this is the audio that tells me where you're going, and it's the right answer for what you do at quarterback for Nebraska cut four. Oh, it's so simple for me. It's nothing else other than who do I think gives us the best chance to win at every position. It's nothing about, you know, who's who's established this, who's done this. It's just about, hey, as we think about what we've done, what we do, what we need to do this week, who gives us the best chance to win. So that's at left guard, left tackle, right tackle, defensive end, and then you get in the game. If that changes in the game, you know, if, if you know, if your linebacker gets dinged up and the second linebacker gives you a better chance to win, you play him. So... Uh, winning comes first. As I said, we want to be one to know this week. So there's nothing else other than that. That is absolutely correct. And Elijah, not by happenstance that you, you mentioned other positions that need to perform at a higher level with left guard, left tackle, even at linebacker. I mean, he hit, he hit on some important spots for Nebraska moving forward. If you can't line up and just mall what's lined up across from you that's a problem absolute problem and you just have a a reality right now with nebraska on offense 
Uh, and we'll uh, get more of your comments here uh, with the stream. Do we have a caller? Yes, we do. Mike is with us here at Hale Varsity. Mike, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Mike, you got us? Go ahead. Do you think we'll actually see the fullback run some plays this week, or was that all just window dressing? What do you mean? No, what do you I mean, mean by run some play? Do you mean be on the field, or do you mean be a ball carrier? Be a ball carrier. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'd sure like to see it. I think we can need it. Well, I think you'll see some option, especially if Harburg's in there, and uh, I think you'll you'll see some fullback run. I mean, uh, what what Vogues was talking about, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Four eight nine twelve forty. I, you got to use the fullback now. You have fullbacks you, you trust and like carrying the football. And that's been talked about, but not as evident on the field. Uh, that needs to change because you've got a, a, a learning curve with some of the young backs. You've got Grant that's established Elijah. And, and then you've got your fullback options that they can be a weapon. I don't think you got a Janovich on the team, unfortunately. I don't see a Rathman there, but you've got some options at fullback that can can do some work, can take some of that stress off your quarterback run game and some of your younger eyebacks. I'm not convinced that we're going to see the, the fullback run in the ball, Schmitty. I'm going to be on the other side of this. What other element does it bring to your offense is my question. And maybe that, that element will just be they're more comfortable within the offense because they're not freshmen or redshirt freshmen. But I'm not quite sure what element they bring aside from maybe third and short, but the quarterback sneak's been doing really well for Nebraska this year. I don't see the benefit of having your fullback run the football unless you decide that you can't trust Emmett Johnson or Quentin Ives, and we haven't seen those guys in the field just yet for Husker football. So I am I'm not convinced. Maybe those guys find a role in terms of pass protection whenever it's third down. You know you have to throw the football. Maybe those guys could be more comfortable and you're more willing to throw them in the line of fire than guys like Grant and Emmett Johnson there. But I, I as it stands right now, and maybe I'll be wrong, I don't have an inside source here or anything, I don't see the benefit of running those guys as opposed to just using them as blockers. Because thus far this year, I, I talked about in the offseason, I thought those guys were going to be used a little more creativity or creatively. They haven't been, so I don't see the, the, the real benefit of doing it now. When you're the, trying to establish the quick hitter, identity. the quick hitter with the fullback, Magavik has got a carry in him. Uh, maybe we just uh, throw a jersey on him. Hour one winding down here at the single barrel. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour here at the single barrel inside the graduate Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Roadshow Thursday, so we're excited to be here Thursdays on home football weeks. Back Saturday for the pregame, noon to 2, here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law when it comes to personal injury. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on the team at Dyer Law to let the team to provide you with a helping hand when you need it, no matter what you're dealing with. Call the Dyer Law team today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. So our dear friend Dave Manerick with the Cornhusker State Games Nebraska Sports Council. He's popped by a few folks up at the bar right now. And and then I know there's a few folks that are making their way up the stairs. It is feedback time 
all sorts of chops and steaks for you here at the Single Barrel. 200 whiskeys to choose from. I have not yet made it to post time, but Elijah, we'll dive into this in hour two with Gene Smith and the, the fact that some prospects are showing up with their hand out, not for a five, but for 5K. And uh, what the national legislation is angling to try and do for NIL, that'll be a, a topic of conversation next hour. More on Nebraska football as George Darlington will join us. And he knows Louisiana Tech well. His defense uh, held Louisiana Tech 27 points back in 1998. Elijah, we didn't get into the yardage or the records that still exist in the Guinness Book of Records. Oh, I'm well aware of them, though. Yeah, that was before my time, and I still have heard stories about the Louisiana Tech game. So, Was it in poor form for me to be at one Scott Bowman's wedding? He asked me to be in his wedding. I'm still grateful for that. Now, some of us had uh, a mini radio in our pocket underneath our corsages, and we wired the earbuds through our tuxedo all the way through the back of the collar into the right ear as we stood up with him the day of his wedding during the Louisiana Tech game. And some of us had the game on and we were listening intently. It was like the scene in The Simpsons when Homer was trying to be at church while the Super Bowl was going on. Uh, Poor form by some of us, but hey, it's been a long time ago. I'm sure he forgot about that, that we all had one ear listening to the pastor, one ear listening to the Nebraska football as they were not in a dogfight, and then it got real with uh, about seven or eight monster plays of 70 yards or over. What's, what's... Uh, I maybe have exaggerated the 70-yard the plays, but Troy Edwards went for 490, I believe. 408, and, 408, and, sorry. And what's nice about this job, Schmidt, is now that we're, we're here, we have a, a pretty blank excuse for fall Saturday weddings. Like, I'm out. Like, anyone out there listening, if you're planning a fall Saturday wedding, I'm sorry, I'm out. It's not happening. I have work commitments, blanket every Saturday in the fall. I am unavailable. Apologies. I missed one game, 2019 Nebraska-Wisconsin. was a home game for Nebraska. I was streaming my game, the, the game the entire time through the entire ceremony. I missed it all. So, sorry, folks. Saturdays, I'm out. We can, we can get into that. We can absolutely get into the fall wedding discussion at some point. Hour two on the way. Gary Barnett next. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're live down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Roadshow Thursday. That's Kramer, you hear. He's not at the 
single barrel with us, but we head to Boulder. Say hi to Coach Gary Barnett. You've had another week, Coach, and how long did it take to, I guess, come down from that comeback victory to overtimes against the rival Rams, a 99-yard drive thrown in, and, of course, the emotion and intensity of Colorado, Colorado State. You had a good one Saturday night. That was unbelievable. I pulled into my garage at 2.05, and then, <laughs> of course, I'd had about three Mountain Dews at midnight, and so neither one of my eyes would close. <laughs> so uh, I, I just lay there for about two hours before I finally fell asleep. But, uh, yeah, it was a crazy game, Chris, crazy weekend from the fact that no one left the game. I mean, the game's still at 12, going on at 12.45 in the morning, and no one had left the game. And then to have it finished the way it did was around these this part of the country, this is going to be just an epic, always talked about drive. I think it even superseded always the drive at the, with the Broncos. I mean, 98 yards, but we also had to go, we had to get a two point conversion just to get to overtime. It was an incredible show of interest by fans, and we had so many so many celebrities here and i'm not a celebrity watcher so i don't even know who most of these guys are i recognize the rock Mm -hmm. dwayne john after that i didn't know who any of these guys were but um we do our little show out on one of the fields before the game and we probably had two thousand people out there and i would venture to say 30 percent of them didn't know if there was air in the ball or paper because (laughs) they were there to see who else was there and it's just amazing what's happened here. We've sold every ticket for every game. And, um, you know, uh, Deion Sanders' effect, uh, coupled with the way his team plays and Shadur Sanders, has just created a, uh, an atmosphere that I've never seen in, uh, in Boulder, for sure. You've been there for the the heights of it too i mean in, in this is uncharted waters and the the whole yeah the rock being there both game day and big noon uh, you had gronk and the rock in, in the same zip code you had that game and then what do you make of of all the the hype and the jabs back and forth between the the norvell comments and, and coach prime uh his response and then to deliver what do you make of of this ability to handle the moment nine million people watched that game and and that's not not common uh, as big as the rivalry is in state i don't think it was too big for either coach i i thought jay norvell and his team played really well they unfortunately committed a lot of fouls 17 of them for 182 yards and you don't win very many games doing that uh they came out really with a chip on their shoulder and went after uh, went after us. Uh, they were very effective uh, a, a lot of the game. I give Colorado credit for not retaliating when they could have on a number of different issues, hanging in there and trying and finding a way to win. That was, They held their poise, even though they didn't want to at times, but they did hold their poise and they ended up, you know, performing one of the greatest comebacks that I've seen. Well, it wasn't so much by score as it was by situation, 98 yards and took them a minute and 45 seconds and then having to convert a two point conversion just to get to overtime. So there was a lot of hype and a lot of talk and it's going to happen with Dion being here. It's uh, everybody's going to take their shot. It looks that way. Everybody has so far. And I know he's trying to make an issue. He's not trying to make an issue out of Dan Lanning's comments 
that were made when Colorado went to the Big 12. But people are, and that, you know, they're trying to stir it up that way. Mm-hmm. Coach Sanders isn't allowing that to happen to him. They're just trying to get better right now. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Do you worry about this team without Travis Hunter? Well, of course you worry about. I don't know if I say worry. Uh, it, their chances diminish. I mean, he's the best player I've ever seen. You know, to not have him. Uh, I mean, you look at our numbers defensively. Even offensively in the rush game, we're deficient to take a two-way player. You don't lose one player with Travis Hunter. You lose two uh, out of the game. I mean, it's hard to overcome that. Maybe a team that had been together for a long time could, but this team hasn't. It's a major problem for this football team. How did you react in the moment on the radio with that hit on the sideline? Well, I I watched it, and then I – you know, as Mark's describing it, I get a chance to watch the replay, too, before I say anything – and so while I was somewhat measured, I was also very terse. It was a cheap shot. It was an unnecessary play. The ball had hit the ground. He had to actually go around one of his defenders and hit Travis. And Travis was defenseless on the sideline. I would have been really upset with one of my players. I mean, really, because that's not football in my mind and I reacted that way and responded and even though the young man was from Boulder I still addressed it you know I let it go after that and I have let it go after that mm-hmm. but you know there was three personal fouls in that game Shiloh when he intercepted the pass got tackled late in the end zone and punched so they called that one and give the refs credit in this game they called them all they didn't miss one and uh, they tried to settle it down because it was chippy and all you can do is call the pl- is call the penalties and not as an official. You can maybe warn everybody, but it was chippy and um, unnecessary. And then Shadur got slammed to the ground and targeted, and they threw that kid out. They threw Kamara out after having a great football game. And it's too bad he had to end that game that way and miss the next one. But it was a bush play. And then Travis Hunters. So – you know, they accomplished what they set out to do, and that is, you know, intimidate, try to intimidate Colorado. And Colorado just, they survived it. They took the punches and won the game. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You head off to Eugene, Uncle Phil Land, Oregon. The next challenge, USC Big Noon follows. Let's start with Oregon this weekend, Coach. Thoughts on the matchup and then the stretch here. The college football world and some that aren't all about Colorado are waiting for the buffs to come back to earth. This opportunity just keeps growing each week. It does. It is an opportunity. You'd like to have your best players. Uh, we're down a couple, but we get one back this week. But this is a tough matchup because they, they are as good, every bit as good on offense as we are, and they're much better on defense. So this is, a, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm uh, always eager to watch our, our guys now. I haven't been so eager in the past, but I'm I'm eager this year. To stay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm fine. I'm getting on a plane, excited about what might happen, rather than worrying about what might happen. <laughs> you know, it's a different world for Mark and I. Mark Johnson, play by play. I know one thing: that there's no quitting these guys, and and I don't think uh, Dion's going to let them quit. And he was on them this week at practice, so. Uh, yeah, I'm just eager to go see see what happens this time because it's been something different every week. 
is this an exciting farewell tour for the Pac-12? I mean, look at the rankings, look at the quarterback play, look at the league. This league, we both love Washington, but there's a lot of chances and choices in this uh, in this year uh, for the Pac-12 to, to be playoff bound, don't you think? Well, I, I've said that this is this will be the best year ever in the Pac-12, and it's the last year, and it's just a darn shame that the presidents and the commissioners and those people in charge over the last 10 years have let it get to this point because this is a great league and, uh, you know, as epitomized by this year. And everybody on both coasts and in the middle are looking to the Pac-12 for their games. And uh, they're extremely talented. They're loaded with quarterbacks. They'll be in a, they'll be a playoff team. They could get two at this rate. So it's uh, it's just sad for the state of college football, but boy, are they good. Michael Penix, you know, Cam Williams, uh, Bo Nix, uh, the kid at Washington, Washington State and Oregon State are terrific football teams. So uh, Shadur Sanders, I mean, there's, and, and the kid at, at uh, UCLA's playing lights out. So, you know, there's, it really is a great year for the league. It's just sad for college football that it has to change after this. That is Kramer in the background. Coach Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at the Single Barrel Thursday night road show. Coach, you want to get your take uh, on Nebraska and the Huskers have Louisiana Tech. Sonny Cumbie and company come to town. So Nebraska's been bitten hard by the injury bug. Two of the three running backs who've carried the ball are now out for the year. Uh, likely to get Sims back at quarterback. Uh, Harburg made his first start. And, and he did a good job. So we've been wondering all week what you do at quarterback for Nebraska. And I think Sims gets a, a look. I think Harburg plays as well, Coach. But what's, you know, what's Matt Rule do moving forward here? I mean, with, uh, with Sims, you usually don't lose your job to injury. How do you handle that here with a guy that's good but struggled and the backup came in and did his job? Well, I think you creatively find a way to play them both. And, uh, you know, one of them is now your best running back. And uh, there's no reason why you can't you can't find a way to play them both. And I, I think they're going to have to do that, whether it's at both at the same time or in and out. And even though you may become predictable, it's OK. You got to get your best players on the field. And I think that's, you know, Sims would qualify as one of your best players. There's no question about it, whether it's a quarterback, uh, a, a guy who does um, the wildcat stuff, mm-hmm. you've you got the capacity to do all that. And this is the week to do it, although you're playing a good team. And, you know, the matchups that that uh, that you had, the, your advantage, the fact that uh, they give up a lot of yards rushing, uh, you've lost by losing two of your backs. So, you know, you're 209 yards a game rushing, and they give up more as, at least that much. Uh, you know, that's – you know, that's that makes it tough not to be able to take advantage of that because, in turn, well, you guys give up a lot of yards passing, not a lot, but, but at least 280 or 290. That's what they do best is throw the football. So, you know, I, it's going to make for an interesting matchup. I think 20 points may be too much of a spread here, uh, considering your injury situation. But of course, you've got them at home, and, and that makes that that's always worth at least a touchdown in Lincoln. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll get into our weekend picks. Florida State Clemson here, and you got the Knowles favored on the road by just two and a half. 
A lot of questions about Clemson and their future this year. A lot of questions about Bama. This is going to be a dynamite ball game. Great weekend, great slate of games. What do you think here about Death Valley? You know, I've done this game uh, on the on the national radio twice, and it is always just a great football game and a great environment. Clemson is one of the great college environments in the country. And I had Jameis Winston and wow. and, and Florida State when he was at Florida State. So uh, the great game. I, I got to tell you, I was so impressed with Florida State in the uh, opening mm-hmm. game that I I just am so not impressed with uh, Clemson that I I think I've just got to pick. Of Florida State in this game. I think that defensively they're just rock solid and quarterback's a good player and good receivers. They've got the kid that transferred from Michigan State. I bet he's glad he's out of Michigan State right now. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I, I just think Florida State's going to win this game. All right. Friday night football. I can't wait to watch this. It's UCLA at Utah. That's, that's really going to be a great game. And uh, I uh, I don't know whether Cam Rising plays or not, but the other quarterback's been playing well enough, and uh, you know he's part of that team that's done so well right now. Um, you know Utah's favored by four and a half. Uh, I got to think that's about right. I think Utah wins by a touchdown, but this is uh, a game that I'm uh, looking forward to watching in the hotel. I think so. Uh, yeah, good good Pac-12 game right there. It's great. You know, it's a great showtime for the Pac-12 as well nationally. Ole Miss, Alabama, tied by minus six and a half. Uh, too soon to ride off Bama, or do you think it is danger zone? I think it's a little danger zone, but, uh, you know, it, it. this is a clash of interesting personalities as well, even though neither one of them are going to play on the game, but <laughs> between Safe and, and uh, Kiffin, so – uh, you know, I, I didn't want to bet against, I didn't bet against Alabama on the first two, uh, probably should have, you know, I want to feel the same way right now. I think Alabama recovers. I think they win by, by a little, probably seven. So, but it, I think it's a great game. I think it's a great game to watch. Oregon State, Washington State up in Pullman, uh, the Beavers minus three and a half. I really like both these teams. Oh, everybody does, and everybody's rooting for them because of their situation. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Washington State and the quarterback. Um, I'm not sold on Uliangalele, even though he's in a different environment and playing better and, and uh, probably more settled down. But well, Pullman's hard to win. It's hard to win there. We have to go there. So it, it's hard to win. I'm going to go with uh, Washington State. Notre Dame hosting Ohio State. Ohio State looked a little better last week. Notre Dame's looked really good running the football defensively. Ohio State's actually favored on the road by three. Yeah, I was a little surprised, but not much. Just I think that's old-time betting. But I think Notre Dame wins the game. And they may win by three, but four. But I think they win the game. And uh, I just like the quarterback really well. I, 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 the quarterback for Notre Dame, he's just a, a great player, I think. Penn State, Iowa, Hawkeyes uh, dogged by almost well, 16 right now. Yeah, I don't know about the spread, but I don't know. You know, the Hawkeyes can't score 16. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Penn State on this game. Coach, safe travels to Eugene. We'll get caught up again. You take care. Thanks again. All right, Chris. Great being with you.
AL Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Barrel inside the graduate every Thursday home. Football weeks, we're here at the single barrel. And then Friday pregames down here this Saturday in front of Louisiana Tech from noon to 2. As the Bulldogs are in town, we'll get to more of your comments coming up. And I love talking football. And uh, I love this man's perspective. A longtime assistant with Coach Tom Osborne, multiple-time national champion as the secondary coach, also coached defensive ends, and also uh, spent time around different parts of the country, the West Coast, also at Marshall. We say hi to, well, we call him gorgeous, gorgeous George Darlington, longtime coach in Nebraska, and he's done football facts for four decades in Omaha and in Lincoln. Coach Darlington, we are uh, on location here in downtown Lincoln, but it's nice to have a few minutes with you over the phone. Next time we'll grab you in studio. How are you doing? Good, good. Appreciate the call. Well, appreciate the time and a whole lot to talk about, Coach Darlington. Uh, You look at Nebraska's situation at quarterback here. How are you feeling this week? Well, I've gone to some practices. I'm really impressed with how they practice, how hard they practice, and especially impressed with, um, on Saturdays, the tackling ability of the defense. I think they really are a tremendous tackling team. I'm not trying to jinx them, but if they keep that up, <laughs> uh, it's it's really uh, a tribute to how they practice and uh, and and the kids themselves. George Darlington's with us here. Hail Varsity Radio. We're live at the single barrel inside the graduate ninth and P. And coach, you guys made sure that whoever was backing up a first teamer was ready. And if that was a second guy or a third guy or even a fourth guy, the the way you practice, you've talked about what what Matt Rule's done. And spend a little bit more time on that if you can from what you've observed, not any state secrets, mind you, but just kind of the attitude and, and how how his mindset of development really is coming through each time they head out on the field. Well, number one, uh, normally they have very few people ever standing around, although they'll have people rotate in, of course. Uh, one of the things they do is uh, early in the practice, uh, they have live contact. And uh, after stretching and doing some things, uh, that uh, is kind of unique to see, and it uh, it is really helpful. But uh, I've been impressed with how they practice, and I think uh, people are going to see it uh, continue this year on the field and, and more importantly, in the long term, uh, years down the road. It's Coach George Darlington with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, longtime defensive backs coach for the Huskers and coach whenever you talk about that that physical element of practice that's one of the things that I really took away from last week's game against Northern Illinois was the physical aspect of a guy like Heinrich Harbour at quarterback and your Husker teams back in the day they they seem to always have a a physical guy playing that quarterback position what's your thoughts on the advantage of a guy like Heinrich Harbour and the physicality he brings at the quarterback position it seems to be 
uh, in lockstep with what Matt Rule wants his football program to be. Yeah, it certainly is. And the, uh, our quarterbacks don't uh, slide. Uh, they run over people, which is encouraging to see. And if you look at the film uh, down the road, if you're a defensive back for a new opponent, you've got to realize that, hey, if this guy gets loose, uh, it's not going to be much fun trying to tackle him. And uh, that, that really is, uh, they want to have a physical uh, type of football team, and, and they preach it, they work on it. And the f- sad thing, of course, is they got screwed in the first game uh, uh, by the officials, and uh, they should be two, at least two and one right now. George Darlington's with us, and Coach, uh, with Nebraska, what do you you mentioned that the physicality and, and and the tackling those are big, but what do you think about Saturday just with the opponent Louisiana Tech, and then also Nebraska looking at what they they have uh, to to work with on offense moving forward? Do they kind of stick to the run? Does Nebraska need to work on their passing? You know, what's the right approach in your mind? on Saturday? Well, they, they'll, they'll want to be two-dimensional, but they aren't going to throw 60% of the time. They want to, you know, I don't know the percentage that they particularly might think about, but, uh, but uh, they want to be a physical running team, and the play-action pass gets better the more physical you are running the ball and more successful you are. Uh, along with drop-back passing and screens and stuff like that. Now, they have a full repertoire of things, but, uh, uh, you know, they, their attitude has shown, and as coaches mentioned, is they want to be a physical uh, running team and uh, ties in with, uh, with a lot of our success that we have had because in the fourth quarter, um we, we were normally, if not always, the dominant team. And uh, we, Coach Osborne preached that, and we practiced it that way, and it worked out pretty good. Coach, let's talk about Louisiana Tech, and that is a game Nebraska fans remember. Nebraska won by a lot of points. And what do you remember about facing Tim Rattay and Troy Edwards. Well, that what's funny about that, when I interviewed at Louisiana Tech, a lady asked me, well, why are we going to hire you to coach <laughs> defense when you were in Nebraska and we ran up and down the field? Um, you know, it took us a while to adjust, quite frankly. But, uh, no, La Tech will have some uh, good athletes. Uh, there's a lot of athletes in Louisiana and Mississippi and Texas, et cetera. And, uh, you know, they'll want to, uh, from what I've seen on film, they're going to be uh, a lot of what you see, a lot of uh, uh, passing along with uh, different running plays. It seems like everybody's running. But uh, they'll present a challenge. And the thing that's nice is uh, – I would be very surprised if our kids don't play with a great deal of enthusiasm because that's how they practice. 
and uh, usually how you practice is how you play. George Darlington with us. They have good athletes. I mean, uh, it isn't going to be like playing the sisters of the poor. (laughs) It's George Darlington with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Make sure you check out his football facts. And Coach, Nebraska on Saturday, who do you think is going to be most important for the Huskers to go and get a win? There's a potential for some rainy weather in Lincoln on Saturday. You talked about the importance of the defense and tackling, the importance of that physicality offensively. What do you think is going to be the most important factor if Nebraska walks away on Saturday with a victory? Well, number one, you hope that we don't have any more injuries. Because as you get uh, going for the next uh, ten games, uh, you don't want you don't want most of your people, if not all of them that are playing now, to be playing in a bowl game, and uh, so consequently, uh, not getting kids hurt. And then you want to see great execution, very few turnovers. If you have one, you can live with that, but that should be the end of it. And then to win the turnover battle if we can get turnovers from the opponent and uh, just uh, show more, uh, you know, more this week than they showed last week. They showed played very well last week, but uh, you hope that there's always improvement and uh, hopefully that'll be the case. Coach, have you seen the offense improve? Through, through the first three games? I mean, what have you liked? Well, I like the way they uh, uh, they want to run the ball and uh, have a variety of, of running plays that uh, are very successful and, and the mentality of wanting to uh, keep getting better each, uh, each quarter. I think they have a goal, if I read it correctly, of uh, having like 75 yards or more in the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, just the fact that their practices are, in my way of thinking, very good. They're getting a lot of repetition to a lot of people, and that's why you have some guys playing that uh, and this conversation in July, uh, we'd be saying, who, who are you talking about? That guy's going to mm-hmm. play, and you know, you'd have your depth chart out and try to find his name. And uh, they're having a lot of guys, I guess you'd say, come out of the woodwork, which means that they're getting repetition. And uh, the way they practice, if the player shows up that he can play, uh, there's no reason not to have him play. And that's very important because, uh, as I've mentioned before, massively, uh, some of the guys in the past coaching deals, you'd have more people sitting or standing around deciding whether to go to Domino's or Valentino's <laughs> instead, of, instead of practicing, and therefore the teams didn't get better and the, those individuals didn't grow because you can't grow unless you practice. And uh, that was the advantage uh, of the Nebraska way of doing thing under Coach Devaney, Coach Osborne, and uh, Coach Solich when we were here. You'd come to our practices. There were very few people standing around. Coach, uh, have you seen this team really connect with Coach Rule? I got about a minute. Oh, yeah. When when the other day when they had the whole coaching staff and all the people that helped and the female managers and everything, uh, the team got on each side of the field 
and uh, all those people had to run gassers up and down the field. Well, you know, if you're a player and you're seeing the coaches and the managers and everybody running up and down the field, uh, just like you do when you're practicing, it was a riot. And they said one thing as a smart aleck is a couple of our coaches are uh, very large, put it that way. They're pleasingly plump. And the one fellow <laughs> came by me after doing all this, and I said, I've already called 911 for you. <laughs> Coach, hang on a minute, and, and I want to talk to you on the other side of our commercial break about football facts real quick, okay? We'll get there okay, in a moment. Good. But Hall, Hall of Fame coach George Darlington is with us. Hale Varsity on the road here at the single barrel, ninth and P inside the graduate. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wine and Dot, a road show Thursday here at the single barrel inside the graduate. There's a bunch of folks here. I think there's a wedding party to my right. And uh, the members of the wedding party are racing towards the bar. That's appropriate. Love see, it. If you see any single bridesmaids, you can pass them my number, Schmidt. I give you full permission. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I will. I will keep that in mind, Elijah. I will. I will find a way to get you hitched up, as they say. Uh, single barrel, where we're at here, noon to two on Saturday ahead of Nebraska, Louisiana Tech. George Darlington still with us, Hall of Fame coach. For Nebraska football facts as he's laid out some of the things he's uh, shared with us about Nebraska, how they've been going. George is Coach Darlington's able to see practice and is able to uh, to have some observations on just you know what what style's been so effective under Coach Rule. And Coach, you've been able to share your expertise for a lot of years when it comes to football facts. You've taught that in Lincoln. You've taught that in Omaha. How's the 2023 season shaping up? Thanks again for telling us about it. Well, we're getting some uh, people signed up. We want more to sign up. We start in Lincoln on Thursday the 28th at 6.30 at the uh, Tuck Building through Southeast Community College. And then on uh, Tuesday at Faithful Shepherd uh, Presbyterian Church uh, in Omaha, and uh, 2530 South 165th Street. And uh, if people want to come, uh, we'd love to have them, and I think they'll enjoy it, and we have a lot of fun. And I think they learn some things, too. Coach, where can, can folks get signed up? Website or is uh, through SEC Lincoln, can they can they log on yeah, there? Yeah, they can do that. Who do they, who the, do they, uh, who do they need to get class. in touch with to do so? Go ahead. Well, it says um, Southeast Community College Continuing Education. Fax okay. numbers 402-437-2703. And if they run into any problems, just show up uh, next Thursday night, uh, a, little bef- a little after 6, and we'll get them registered. So and then Thursday, uh, up in Omaha, the easiest way for that is just to give me a call four zero two six one seven nine six six six, and I'll give them the information on the Omaha class 
and the people from Omal uh, will be able to go to Faithful Shepherd Presbyterian Church. And again, they both start at 6.30 at night. But that's on Tuesday. We go to Omaha on Tuesday. Lincoln is on Thursday. Tuesdays and Thursdays, George Darlington, Football Facts, four decades, all sorts of, well, knowledge, but it's fun. It's fun to learn about football. Coach just gave you the number to contact and reach out that way. 617-9666 coach and uh, can log on continuing education with Southeast Community College in Lincoln, Faithful Shepherd Church uh, in Omaha, 165th. That's 2530 South 165th. Uh, so that is what you got to do. Coach, any, any predictions for, for Saturday? Well, I think we'll play extremely hard. I think it'll be competitive, and uh, you know, um, you know, we have a good bunch of kids that are playing hard, and uh, people ought to get behind them and really support them and the program that's in place. And it's going to take a while, but uh, you know, I never know going in whether whether we're going to win or lose. But uh, and sometimes people would laugh and say, well, "Gee, you're a 45 point." favorite why do you not know you're going to win well uh, you know you never know because uh, i was blessed to be at a uh, 36 point underdog to oregon at san jose state and we won 36 to 34 so anything's possible but uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll have a great game and get a lot of players in the game did you ever recruit Deion Sanders? I know you recruited a ton of talent. You got a lot of great players here to Lincoln and helped coach them up. But did you go after Deion back in the day? Well, uh, I didn't have that part of the United States. If he'd have been in Hawaii or California, I would have recruited him. <laughs> I'll assure yeah. you. But uh, that wasn't my area. I would assume uh, we tried to recruit him. But he's a great yeah. athlete, and uh, he's got things going that, uh, to start with at Oklahoma or at Colorado. And, of course, uh, he's a very known person, so the recruiting ought to be uh, pretty good. So they're going to be um, a group to deal with in the future. Coach, you have a, a great weekend. I will see you at the stadium on Saturday. Get signed up for Football Facts with Coach Darlington. Tuesdays in Lincoln at Southeast Community College, continuing education. Log on to find out more info there. And uh, then, Tuesdays uh, in Omaha. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tuesdays in Omaha, Thursdays in Lincoln. Tuesdays, Omaha at uh, Faithful Shepherd. And uh, Thursdays in Lincoln at Southeast Community College, but uh, get signed up; you won't regret it. Coach, you take care, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. We'll get a taco. All right. Good. Thank you so much. Take care. There he is. You too. Uh, Coach Darlington is uh, just fun to see and spend time with, and love his stories, love his insight, and uh, his take on things and football facts. Man, he's uh, he's somebody that just loves to talk and spend time with people, Elijah, and 
and four decades of doing football facts. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah, very knowledgeable. And I think the best part about George Darlington, I've never had a dull conversation with Coach George Darlington. Oh, he's he's he'll, he's hilarious. And <laughs> the uh, <laughs> what do you say about a couple of the coaches pleasantly plump when they're running gassers? <laughs> That, that yeah, the coaches screwed up apparently, and they had to run gassers. So that's how it goes. Okay, real quick take, and we'll carry this over. And big thanks to George Darlington again. Tuesdays in uh, in Omaha, Thursdays in Lincoln for football facts. The facts are these, according to Gene Smith, Elijah. Five grand is what some some recruits are wanting to visit. For an official visit, uh, and that was a reality when when Gene Smith took the stand at a congressional hearing, laying out the need for a uniform federal mandated NIL setup. And I guess my take is, how good are you, and are you using this, or do you really want to come here? You got to be able to figure that out. I guess if the down payment to get that program-changing quarterback or left tackle is what it is, fine, but just don't screw up and and, and just hand out the money without being able to, to get the signature. Well, you said, You're you going to spend it, get it. Yeah, it's a down payment. It's an investment. Are you going to be able to make that money back down the road on, on this guy's football success? That's the question with the 5K. That, that's, that's the world well, we live in, though. I don't... I don't think it's necessarily surprising that, that kids are out there asking. You for imagine money. some kid walking up to Saban saying, yeah, I need five grand to come see you, brother. <laughs> He'd lose his mind. We'll wind down hour two on the way. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Roadshow Thursday here for Hale Varsity Radio. We're at the single barrel inside the graduate. A ton of folks are here. They are. Uh, having a bush light or two. Steaks are there. Brennan gives his thumbs up, our dear friend from the Black Hills. He had a New York strip here and says it is money. It is absolutely money. Steven chimed in about the wide receiver room earlier. Steven, I meant to get to that. And your question was, you know, why is Nebraska done? Why do they not have any wide receivers? And I think Nebraska too many times tried to go for that home run four or five star at at wide receiver. Now, they made some good additions in the portal over the years, but it's been a long time since you've had a groomed group of wide receivers like the Mornay Pearsonell, Westerkamp, Quincy Inunua, Stanley Morgan, Kenny Bell, Alonzo Moore, Brandon Riley. I mean, you had all those guys stacked over probably a four- to six-year period and then after 2016, it it went away because you, you tried to, to go head-to-head with USC or Florida or whoever, which I'm not saying tiptoe around anybody, but you didn't land anybody. And what you did get just didn't work out in college. So what Nebraska did, uh, and, and I think uh, someone in the stream here, Elijah, touched on it, Nebraska has a good receiving course, uh, class right now. You, you just got to be a little patient with him to get acclimated to college ball. But I think they did a good job. Yep. Uh, Dion. Dion. Thank you, Dion. So I think there is a good class. You just got to – you can't just throw them in right away. Colorado's a little bit different animal with what they got and what they're being asked to do. 
Reminder to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes and minds straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Elijah fired up to get back up to the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill for a Friday road show during the football season. Yeah, they've revamped the menu, Schmitty, so I think we might have to stick around and, uh, and grab Do some Do we still dinner. have the Bang Bang sauce? I, I sure hope so. I don't know. I haven't I haven't been since the reopening, so this is going to be my first time up there since the uh, the rebrand with the revamped menu. Looking forward to that. They kept the Nebraska charcuterie boards. So they're still going to have that giant pretzel with uh-huh. all the appetizers. So the br- giant pretzel and the bang-bang sauce we got to have. That is fantastic. Fantastic stuff. You know me, Schmitty. I'm an appetizer guy, uh, and they got fantastic appetizers up there. Might have to snack on some during the show tomorrow if possible. We'll see about Th- that. Think if, think if you and I could combine the – the meat board from the single barrel with the the, the giant pretzel board from the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. Sounds like a recipe for me to be on the can for at least an hour the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it'd be okay. It, we'd love it in the moment, wouldn't we? <laughs> Steak and a beer bet tonight. Are we doing – I don't even want to go near it. Giants are garbage. San Fran's really good. Do you care about Thursday night football tonight? What's the line? I actually haven't checked the line. Uh, I'm, as I said, in here working thir- or, uh, high school football tonight, so I doubt I'll be tuning in on Thursday night football. I've I've said it for a while. Thursday night football has never been fun. I've never enjoyed Thursday night football. It is ten and a half, and there's no Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, no way. I'm staying the hell away from that because I think we'd both probably err on the side of the 49ers. We'd probably both be wrong, so I don't want to look like fools. Sure. It's all right. Come find us at the Herdot Sports Bar and Grill in La Vista by Cabela's tomorrow, 4 to 6. Back here at the Single Barrel, noon to 2 on Saturday at Louisiana Tech. For Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, talk to you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. A Herdot Media Production.